Kim is still cooking, baby. This is an emergency pod dropping on a Saturday when it should have been a Thursday. But I was at a concert drinking beers. It was not the time for an emergency pod. So treat this as an emergency. Yuli Gurriel, Jose Iglesias signed minor league deals with the Marlins. Yes, sir. I had concerns about the depth. Do these guys solve that problem equally? What's got me thinking now? What about the outfield? Is Jesus Sanchez potentially a DFA candidate? So much to get into on today's bonus Saturday. Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England. Welcome to Locked on Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Hit subscribe wherever you get your pods. It is your team every day. And head over to YouTube. Hit up Locked on Marlins there. Hit subscribe there also. You will get the video version. And it you will see it's, it's daytime here. It's Saturday morning as we look ahead to Great Britain going head-to-head against USA in the WBC. Big day for British baseball. Just imagine if Vance Worley twirls a gem and the British boys beat the USA. would be absolutely sensational. Uh, If you are thinking about putting a bet on that, I would advise not to do that probably. Uh, But this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. More about those guys later on, but this is the emergency pod that wasn't. The news dropped, and it was back-to-back news. We heard the news. The the Marlins had agreed a deal with Yuli Gurriel, and we're waiting to see, is this going to be some sort of major league contract? They had a a $3 million offer on the table. They pulled it away. Gurriel went and uh, explored the market, let's say. In the end, the Marlins secure Yuli Gurriel on a minor league deal here. Um, so things played out well for the Marlins. I guess the first base market, um, you know, kind of fizzled out a bit for for Guriel, and he heads to Miami now. This solves one of the key problems the Marlins were facing into uh, in terms of depth, uh, and also the the other thing too is uh, you know it, it, having Cooper there at, at first base. I'm not sure is optimal. I think Guriel actually. It's a good chance he he takes a ton of playing time here. Skip Schumacher then says, actually, Guriel, he's going to be taking some reps at second and third base as well. So the Marlins are going to be asking tons about Guriel. The Marlins are asking tons for everyone right now. If you are a Marlin and you are an infielder, then you're being asked to, to play everywhere effectively. So big news. I think this is a piece that the Marlins, in the end, did need. Clearly, they're, 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 they're happy with Arias at second base, and they want him to be there for the majority of the season. Um, he'll get some days off, perhaps DHing or whatever it might be. Uh, he has to be in the lineup, you know, every day. He is, he's going to be so important to this Marlins uh, offense, really, just to kind of jumpstart things at the top, no doubt. So Arias' stick has to be in there. Um, but they go and get Guriel, and Guriel's profile, I mean, he was the batting chap in 2021. He had a bit of a down year offensively in 22, uh, but the Marlins have got the 21 and 22 AL batting champs here going on. And I think Guriel is going to make this roster. I think he's going to be on the roster opening day. Um, the Marlins were kind of trying to work out. Can Groshans go over there? 
really what the Marlins are saying here, in my opinion, with this Gurriel move is, we're not going to take some flyers on some guys that we're not sure. Gurriel, we know he can hit. We know he can defend. He's been around for years. It's a proven commodity. Let's get Gurriel in there. And I think he's going to be taking plenty of, plenty of uh, first base reps, to be honest with you. The interesting bit here now is, and this goes back to the, the point you made earlier about Jorge Soler, the expectation Jorge Soler could be the everyday DH. That isn't what we're seeing in spring. We haven't seen that at all. We're seeing Jazz in sender every time the Jazz is playing. So Jazz is locked in there. We're seeing Avisel, obviously. We're seeing um, Jorge Soler moving around the outfield. And we're seeing Brian De La Cruz. Jesus Sanchez, at this point, there's a possibility he may all of a sudden become the odd man out. I don't know. I'm very intrigued to see the way they play this. Are they going to go five uh, outfielders on the roster, uh, which which would then be Jesus, De La Cruz, uh, Avi, Soler, and Jazz? Um, or are they going to go with a four-man outfield and have that versatility uh, across the infield? I think it's a really intriguing situation here. Not to uh, further complicate things, but the reality was it did further complicate things. Straight after the Guriel deal, you then get news that the Marlins have also agreed a minor league deal with Jose Iglesias. Um, not to be confused with Enrique Iglesias. That's where I, I, so I thought we were talking about. But Jose Iglesias, um, he was an all-star back in 2015, which I put out on Twitter that everyone thought was, was pretty funny. <laughs> but Iglesias, effectively, when you look at him, is uh, not quite, you know, not quite Miguel Rojas' ability at, at short, but you know he's 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 a he's a good shortstop defensively, um, and also hits well against lefties. So so does Guriel, so does Guriel, so does Iglesias. These guys hit well against lefties. It was a problem the Marlins have had for many years. Actually, last year was really um, it, it was really uh, let's how do I describe it. How do I describe it? It was really poor. <laughs> it was really poor against lefties. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a constant problem for them for years. So getting some guys in, known commodities. And actually, Miggy Rowe used to be. like We'd always feel confident about Miguel Rojas hitting against lefties. Uh, the same against Lewis Brinson. You know, with, with Brins, okay, in the main, it wasn't great. But when he was just platooning and hitting against lefties, Brins was fine. Um, and obviously, Brint's no longer with the organization. Miguel Rojas, obviously, no longer with the organization. And so Iglesias is kind of like a Miggy Rowe, you know, that kind of same profile. Um, very contact heavy. So the Marlins continue down this pathway. The same with Guriel, too. They continue down this path of just heavy contact guys. Death by two million paper cuts now. The question then is, does Iglesias uh, break camp with the team? What kind of role could he play? I, I think there's a real decent chance that Iglesias also breaks camp. I know we may be talking about Garrett Hampson um, breaking camp, but I sense with this move that, you know, Hampson, they may be considering leaving Hampson down at a AAA to start the year. They'll still see some reps, I'm sure, at, at the big league level at some point uh, as, as, as people get hurt. But I get the sense there's a really good opportunity here for both Iglesias and Guriel to make the team. And what does that mean for the roster overall? That starts to get interesting. I know you know, clearly we've got Fortes and Stallings, um, you know, from a, a catching perspective. If they then do go with a four-man bench, which we expect them to, you've then got only three spots available. John Birdie's absolutely on the roster, so there's only two spots available. Um, and does that all of a sudden become Birdie 
uh, Iglesias and Guriel. And does that leave Jesus Sanchez or Brian De La Cruz squeezed off this roster? I think it is a really interesting situation here. Um, the the way Skip was talking about Brian De La Cruz coming into spring was that he was really bought into him. He's actually hitting pretty well. And spring hit a home run last night uh, against the Nats. Um, so Brian De La Cruz is doing everything uh, in his power. I'm, I'm kind of looking at Jesus Sanchez thinking it was a really poor 21. Sorry, 22. It was a really poor 22. Um, they burned his final minor league option year uh, for whatever reason. They've done that. There's no roster flexibility here with Jesus Sanchez. I mean, the other thing you could look at is, do the Marlins look to try and accelerate some trade uh, discussions around Jesus Sanchez? Because, frankly, the way this roster is shaping up, uh, well, firstly, Jesus Sanchez doesn't fit the profile of what the Marlins are, are seeking right now. Clearly, um, the contact element for, for Jesus is a concern, has been a concern, will continue to be a concern. There is the power uh, there in the stick, as we know. But I do wonder if the Marlins have really cooled on Jesus Sanchez. You know, he, he, by all accounts, he's come in and his his mentality has been right through spring. He's trying to win a job. You know, I, I think it's something really that we should all be keeping an eye on here. I don't think it's a lock that, that Jesus Sanchez makes this roster. If he doesn't, it's a DFA or they look for a trade partner in the in the pretty much near term. So really interest, interesting one to keep our eyes on. Uh, let's get into our good friends over at Built Bar to get this, this get these ads started. Can't even speak here now on a Saturday morning. Um, and if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try those Bilts. Uh, what makes them so good? Well, for starters, 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. All of the flavors, guys, all of the flavors. Churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. They've got it all. I don't know how Bilt does it, but these, these bars, they taste like a candy bar. Whilst maintaining amazing macros, and what's even better, they are healthy. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. You can still go over to built.com, but if you need them now, there are options for you. You head over to Walmart, pharmacy section, grab yourself a box, a full bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you are thinking of the built extravaganza, there is a 13-bar box available in Sam's Club. Uh, it's got all the hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Thank you later and enjoy those builds. All right, so Guriel in, Iglesias in. I'm intrigued to see what kind of reps they get, what kind of role uh, potentially is required of these guys. I think the signings make a ton of sense. I think it definitely, uh, for me, means that Jordan Groshans will, will be starting the year at AAA. Uh, Jacob Amaya the same. So the Marlins are layering in some depth. Uh, within the middle infield here. However, you know, clearly Groshans, Amaya, um, not, you know, not tested at the major league level. The Marlins are getting guys in that are, that are maybe more proven. And there's a lack of development that has to happen in real time. This is like, Guriel, you know what to do, brother. Um, stand in there, do your thing at first and swing it. Uh, and the same with Iglesias. Um, you know, and I think looking at things shortstop-wise, Iglesias and Wendell uh, could be a real nice platoon situation there at shortstop. Um, I think we've kind of talked about it for a while, maybe thinking about Amaya and Wendell or Groshans, you know, some kind of combination there um, when when a lefty's on, on the mound. But the Iglesias-Wendell uh, combination at short makes a ton of sense. Um, and then really the Marlins, as they look ahead to 2023, back end of 23, 
into 24 as Joey Wendell's contract expires. Who knows what happens at center field? But then the Marlins give the the best development opportunity to Jacob Amaya, Jordan Groshans, um, Xavier Edwards, you know, these guys to continue their development path without being asked to come up to the major league level and struggle and also have a have a limited amount of playing time. It just gives those guys the opportunity to develop at their own pace rather than the pace that the Marlins and the big league club need them to develop in. So I, it makes a ton of sense. They need to think of the long-term situation at shortstop. They really need at least one of these guys to emerge as a potential everyday big league player. Um, you know, there's, there's potentially Naz Nunez coming down the pipe as well. Um, so, you know, people are excited about Nunez for certain. But for me, I, I, I like this signing of Iglesias as, as a stopgap. I think he's going to make the team. I think he's going to be platooning with Wendell. I think Guriel makes the team. I think he plays a ton at first base. I really do. I think Coop actually becomes more of the regular DH. And then I think you've got the four outfield guys kind of cycling around. The question is, is when Jazz um, when Jazz needs a break, who's going to play in center? I think Brian Dela Cruz can't handle that just about. Spoke about it with Sean earlier this week. Probably Jesus Sanchez is the better option there at center field. Um, but again, the stick and the profile is just so not the Marlins in 23. It really isn't. Like, I think that's the main thing with Jesus Sanchez. The same with Herrera and Canacion. Like, these sticks and their profiles, the Marlins have just literally done a, a 180 on that. They have gone completely the opposite direction, almost to a point where, like, everyone's profile looks almost identical, apart from, you know, perhaps, you know, Soler and Avi. But we'll wait and see on that one, guys. Um, let's... Uh, let's get into some reliever talk as well, uh, because we had some, you know, we've had some debuts, some spring debuts. We're going to talk about that shortly. Um, but before we do that, uh, reminder, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Uh, it is the midway point of the NBA season and the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure. And super easy to use. Uh, you can bet on everything from the money line, point scorers, and number of threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine all of your bets at a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so I talked about it as well earlier this week. I was feeling nervous about the pen. We hadn't seen Puck. We hadn't seen to- uh, st- <laughs> we hadn't seen Tanner Scott either or Brazavan. All three of these guys projected to be on the opening day roster in the pen, um, and we hadn't seen any of them. Visa issues and injuries, but a couple of days on, that situation has changed. Both Puck and Scott went last night, uh, an inning apiece for those guys, and Brazavan the previous day. So all of a sudden, if all is well, those guys are trending in exactly the right direction. Jesus Lazardo uh, was also looking in fine form yesterday. Six Ks, one of which included, uh, I think, a, a batter, uh, batter clock violation or whatever, however you phrase that, uh, for his final strikeout. Uh, we also got uh, a good amount of uh, innings and pitches out of Uri Perez as well. Continues to impress. Didn't see any of it, but... Um, you know, just going slightly under three innings there again for Uri Perez. So overall for the Marlins right now, this bullpen with Puck, Scott, and Brazaban all returning here uh, just at the like 9th, 10th of March. You know, they, 
they put themselves in a good position here. Uh, and the Marlins in a good position to have their full strength bullpen rolling out into opening day. And let's be honest, guys, opening week, opening two weeks, like it's a, it's a tall order. The Mets are in town for, for four games. Twins are in town. And then I think it's over to the Mets again after that. So the Marlins are going to be heavily tested here really early on. They need to come out the gate absolutely scorching because as we've seen in the past, if they start the year, you know, two and eight or something, it feels like a, a huge, huge way up there and a huge cliff there, particularly in this division. It feels like you kind of need to start hot and then just kind of keep treading a little bit maybe is the way way to do it. I don't think this Marlins team and offense really has the firepower to kind of blast teams out there, but we'll wait and see. I think this is the really intriguing thing about the way this Marlins roster is being constructed, what Kim and Skip are doing within the limitations from a budget perspective that they have. They... They have a profile that they like. They're going down that path. The bullpen looks different. It feels very different. The offense feels very different. The starting pitching doesn't feel different, but there was nothing wrong with the starting pitching. You know, the only difference is Pablo out and Cueto in. Now, Cueto has obviously been a little bit slow in spring, but it's only spring. Um, but overall, if you kind of, you know, drop and substitute Pablo for Cueto, um, and then you've got the health from the guys... Bullpen looking strong, offense looking different, uh, jazz out and center. That seems to be settling in as well, I must say, just to kind of finish up on this one. Jazz and center, it definitely has, has started to, you know, in the first game or two, there was the wild throw, there was the misstep and whatever, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be those growing pains with jazz. He's going to be completely fine in center field uh, overall. You know, it's it's just going to be a learning curve for him. And we've started to see that in in recent games too. The, the errors or the issues just aren't really as obvious or happening now, which is good. Maybe he isn't being tested as much. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, Jazz quietly going about his business as well, as quietly as Jazz can. Um, you know, hitting 300 in spring, OPS nearly, you know, 900 while learning center field. You know, this just is a, you know, a tip of the cap really, or, a, you know, what's the right word? I can't think of the right word, but this just shows from Jazz just how good he is, where he's there working hard in center field, working hard to make it happen, concentrating a bunch, um, while still, you know, he wants to hit as well, right? And he's uh, trying to keep himself healthy. But for him to be, you know, putting up the numbers that he is in spring whilst learning the position, I think we, you know, we shouldn't underestimate that uh, for certain. So overall, guys, a week ago, I said I was deeply concerned about the depth of this Marlins roster. And they've gone away and added two proven major league guys, Guriel and Iglesias, nice additions. The knock-on effect is going to be very interesting in terms of the roster construction. And it is possible that either, either or both of these guys don't make the team out of opening day, and then that kind of like solves some of the headaches. But if indeed these guys have been signed with the expectation of making the opening day roster, then pretty much that, that kind of closes out your bench. You've got Birdie and, and, and Fortes. Uh, with Iglesias and, and Guriel, and that's your bench. That means there's no spot for one of those outfielders. Dela Cruz does have a minor league option, but with his stick uh, and the way he played last year, I feel like it'd be a little bit unfair to Dela Cruz to be uh, optioning him. I'd say more likely the odd man out based on the profile, the history, uh, is Jesus Sanchez. What the Marlins do in that situation, I am very, very intrigued. Overall, depth added, it's Saturday. 
Britain taking on US of A. Looking forward to this one, guys. I'll be back on Monday carrying on the conversation here around the Marlins as we get deeper into spring and deeper into the WBC. I'll see you then.